Hello, and welcome to the episodic audiobook series where I, Con Lavery, read to you books that I wrote and narrated. For this season, we have covered Into the Macrocosm, short stories of the dark cosmic, bizarre, and the fantastic. We've had 10 episodes so far, which I did conclude is the end of this season, so a shorter one. The final episode covered Scrappers, the futuristic apocalyptic horror uh, storyline, which was also seen in Harvesters in an earlier episode. Now, Into the Macrocosm basically is a short story collection of 22 shorts, all encompassed by the Nameless One, who is working with their ghoulish companion Malferetti's in the Midway to uncover how they got there, and their memory, why it's all like like uh, scrambled up essentially. And that's where these observations came into play, which were the short stories. And Malferetti's uh, is a character that has shown up in previous works of mine in the Mental Damnation series. And if you happen to continue on with Into the Macrocosm after this podcast series, you may have gotten a few extra hints of other name drops and places that are mentioned that connect the other books that I have written. And that's a big thing. So Into the Macrocosm is a very big cornerstone of this universe that I have been creating. And that's basically what we're going to talk about in this episode is why the macrocosm? Where did it come from? What's the point of it? And uh, elaborate a little bit more on why everything's under a superverse and, and uh, not just independent stories, because it can become quite difficult when you want to keep everything canon, as we've seen in larger um, intellectual properties or transmedia stories like Star Wars or um, even World of Warcraft. Those things have had uh, sticky situations in the past. Now, to get a good understanding of Into the Macrocosm, why it exists, how mental damnation ties into Yegman ties into Seed Me, ties into Rave, and ultimately ties into all of these crazy short stories found into the macrocosm and seen on the interactive timeline on the website and the short stories that continue on the Patreon, we're going to go way back, way, way, way back. Uh, Basically where everything started from. Everything basically came from uh, a board game that I had created when I was very young. So here's the history lesson of, of Khan. <laughs> it basically came from a board game, a fantasy board game, which was inspired by Blizzard and Warcraft 2, which was a top-down strategy game. And it, uh, it had rules and that. And of course, the game was not balanced really well, but it was a whole grid-based um, player elimination-styled board game where it was strategized and each character had their own power. You move them on the grid board. I sculpted the characters out of clay and painted them. And there were rule books that I made for this game. And the rule books were also inspired from Warcraft, just how detailed the manuals were. They had illustrations and some lore, and I just was blown away from it all. And at the time, was really kind of basically piggybacking off of it. And the the story wasn't good. The, the world needed a lot of work, because I made this thing when I was eight years old. But 
the the stories and the backstories for the different factions within this board game and the different heroes uh, really drew me in, and I started to lose interest over time about creating board games, and I wanted to tell stories. This eventually went to comics, then it went into some other uh, fiction work that I had done. It went into video games and animation through Macromedia or Adobe Flash. And uh, ultimately, I found a lot of this stuff was chewing up time to get behind the mechanics or the technicalities such as drawing. And even though I love drawing and design, it was taking up too much of the time where I wanted to tell these elaborate stories. So I pushed all that aside and dove heavy, heavy into the writing and really got into my first serious work in high school, which was Mental Damnation. And Mental Damnation was based on that original story I had come up with when I was eight years old, which was the, I it's not really a foundation, more of a seed that planted the idea of this superverse because so I had a lot of story outlines that will never see the light of day that have hinted at characters or factions or species or eras that exist in mental damnation. And so it's just always been in the back of my head that, yeah, this is all one massive timeline that would contain fantasy stories, uh, urban thriller, mystery horror, and sci-fi, basically everything leading up to the the other end and being a, on a chronological timeline. And Into the Macrocosm basically outlines all of that on a grand scale while still being primarily focused on short stories. So it, it kind of fulfills a giant goal of mine on a personal level, but from a consumer level, being you the reader, it needed to actually be good and not just a <laughs> some weird um, passion-driven project that really amounts to nothing. So I always knew this is where all of the stories were going to go, but tying them in together was going to prove to be a challenge. But I didn't worry too much about that while writing the short stories. This brings us to kind of the second phase of where Into the Macrocosm came to be. So after Mental Damnation came out and um, Yegman actually came out in 2018, where I started writing short stories on the blog. Yegman was a colossal effort uh, between the, the various transmedia storytelling components, such as the novel score and the photo illustrations, and then the story itself was an entirely new avenue I had never explored. I was feeling really uh, burnt out. The classic project burnout that everyone in the creative industry is familiar with when you work too hard and um, just crash and burn out. There's nothing left to you. You have noth nothing left to give. All juices have basically been extracted from your body. Nothing. You're a raisin. And from, yeah, you've, you're done. So. That's where the short stories came to be. I was talking with a good friend of mine, and uh, he had brought up how maybe just don't write books, maybe write short stories. It's a lower risk, lower reward, but you're not going to die. So took that to heart, and uh, in 2018, the short stories were launched on my blog. I figured if I could write a book, just about a book a year, I could do a short story a month. Didn't seem too difficult. 
It was low risk because these are free short stories I was putting on the blog. I was not asking for money. I wasn't trying to um, basically pivot them as these like masterpieces. They were more creative exercises for me to explore. And that was part of the fun of the blog. And I wanted to further explore other aspects of uh, my writing and some of my design abilities, such as doing photo illustrations and cover design, even reading the short stories was something I really wanted to explore and get better at um, doing live events and reading in front of an audience. And over the years, I've gotten better because of doing these blog short stories. So in 2018, the very, very first short story launched, which was Runner. It was the shortest of them all. They were supposed to be flash fiction, which is a story that is under a thousand words. Anything over a thousand words and under, I believe it's 20,000 words is a short story. 20,000 up to 50,000 is novella. Uh, 50,000 onwards is a novel and all that stuff. Of course, it changes who you ask and the the time periods also affect it. Like Nana Ramo always says, hey, write a novel in 50,000 50, words, write a novel in a month. And that kind of changed the standard where a novel used to be 100,000 words, um, maybe like in the 90s and 80s, but times have changed. Uh, attention spans are shorter, which maybe has an effect as to why novels are considered 50,000 words. But either way, I was writing flash fiction mutated into short stories because some of them started being uh, 1,500 words or maybe 2,000 words. All of this was me just exploring new ways of writing because Yegman was such a push out of my normal comfort zone of writing fantasy. Because even Seed Me had that kind of cultish aspect, that satanic ritual um, element to it, which Mental Damnation has a lot of rituals and um, demonic components to it. So the two were quite familiar, but Yegman was the first story that I ever wrote that was grounded in the real world that had nothing to do with magic or the supernatural or the fantastic. So I was basically having to write a story in the real world. Really hard to do. And I was like, you know, I really don't know much about writing. And uh, I realized I needed to explore a lot more. And the short stories really gave me the opportunity to let the creativity fly free without worry of criticism. And I had Google Analytics. Like, I, if I really cared, I could look at seeing who was reading the stories. But overall, I really didn't look that much. The most important thing for these short stories was to improve the craft. And I figured at the end of it, uh, if I ever got tired, I would essentially have enough to put together a collection. And uh, it also gave people something to read. As I was write writing these short stories, I found I had plenty of time to spare still and was still eager to write the next book. Um, actually, around that year is when I got involved with the Rutherford Manor uh, group and wrote The White Hand for 2019. So a lot of 2018 was dedicated to the planning and plotting and making sure everything fit canon within their universe and what they had planned for the future. So it um, the, the short stories were another creative outlet for me to further explore this idea I had when I was eight years old of creating a superverse because I was writing another world with other characters that weren't my own they 
I, I wasn't growing the universe because it takes a long time and to create an in-depth lore that has quality and and the levels of complexity you want, it uh, requires years of effort. And the short stories have been a great method of exploring that. So the blog continued on for 2018, 2019, and then the two-year mark hit in 2020, just as everything went chaotic in the world. Um, so it was kind of a strange uh, celebration for me then, but I figured crunching the numbers roughly that if I did two years worth of short stories that I would have enough to do a decent sized short story collection. So it was in 2020 is when I decided to write the overarching story. And I knew that these short stories had to have some sort of overarching narrative. Otherwise they were all kind of discombobulated and they didn't make sense because some are fantasy, some are sci-fi, some are thrillers, some are just fiction, literary fiction. And they didn't work together. So none of them made sense to be together. So how do you make these stories that are all multi-genres fit together? And quite frankly, it just made sense to tie them into some overarching narrative that would educate the reader and let them let their imagination fly wild um, into understanding what the macrocosm is. And I couldn't think of any other better guide into the macrocosm other than Malferetti's. Now, if you've read the Mental Damnation series, Malferetti's is a very mischievous character. He is difficult to deal with. He doesn't give clear answers. He's helped Krista along the way because he's cared about her and he's curious about her, but he also has his own agenda in mind. And you see this personality, these personality traits really play out between him and the nameless one and into the macrocosm. So he was a perfect introduction because he's also very old and has plenty of experience of time and how the world has changed from the fantasy-driven world to the modern world and ultimately the futuristic scrappers, harvesters world. So he was a fantastic guide and he will definitely be returning in future stories. So we haven't seen the last of him. I'd like to touch briefly on the transmedia storytelling experience of the Superverse. And it's been um, expressed and explained in a number of my book launches, but the transmedia storytelling is telling a story through various medias to further expand and enhance the reader's um, observation, or I guess that's basically how it would go. And Into the Macrocosm has been no different than any of my other stories. Thankfully, because the short stories are on the blog, they each get their own cover art. So every month it was kind of like a, a new mini release. It's like once a month, hey, here's a new short story. And it would be posted in the newsletter, on the blog. The artwork would go on social media and it would give everyone something to look at. And then there would be the video recording of me reading the story for those that just want an audio component. And on top of the red narration, there was a improv score. So after reading and recording the short story, there would be um, a score that I would play along to my own narration. 
And ultimately, all of that came together to basically bring this world to life. And as we've seen, Into the Macrocosm has the written, the print, and the audiobook format. Now, the fun thing about the audiobook, a lot of those improv tracks from the blog transcribed into the audiobook and even were condensed and compressed, cleaned up, and turned into frequencies of the macrocosm, which is a score on my band camp, which uh, are way better improved versions of these improv sets. But they're, they're all just to further transcend someone into this new plane of existence in this different dimension where the fantastic and dark cosmic exist. Um, that's, that's the whole point of the transmedia storytelling is, as you can see in a lot of the artwork, they're, they're mostly photo collages, which are a mixed medium of printing, uh, gouache, charcoal, and um, pastel, actually, and then scanning them into the digital realm where I up the contrast and paint over top of them a little bit to further improve their uh, visual performance. So, and all of these are seen within the print and ebook versions of each short story. And transmedia has always been a big part of it. Mental Damnation has had maps and illustrations in it. Uh, Cultivate Seed Me and Yegman and Rave have all had audio scores and illustrations to accompany them. So it's all been part of the bigger picture between the superverse of the macrocosm and engaging the various senses of the human experience to enjoy the story within reason because uh, the perfect transmedia storytelling is something large scale if you've got billions of dollars in budget like something like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, or Star Wars where they they can actually hire many talented people where I, I'm just one person. So <laughs> I do the most I can, and audiobooks have been the biggest stretch in this exploration and making sure that people can enjoy the story in all sorts of ways. And that's why Mel Ferretti's in the audiobook has a vocoder. And a vocoder, if you didn't know, is something that distorts someone's voice, makes it inauditable, invented by the U.S. military to protect voices and make it difficult to know who the person is. It's a real... It's a ton of fun. You see, you hear it in funk music, you hear it in electronic music, and it just seemed like the perfect thing to explore to make Malferetti seem like the otherworldly being that he really is. Hence the uh, choice of vocoder for only his voice and no one else. It uh, really makes him stand out from the others. Okay, so the very big question, why the macrocosm? I explained how it started to appear uh, from the very beginning when I was making board games of at eight years old, Mental Damnation was being written in high school and I had a lot of story outlines that happened to tie in different characters and stuff. None of it really explained why I was doing all this. I just liked doing this. The reason I liked doing this was because it uh, was something I really enjoyed about these other large-scale stories. I keep referencing like Star Wars or actually the real big influence has always been Warcraft, dating way, way back to when I was eight years old. But there's others that do it too that are not as big into, but like um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is one. Of course, there's Star Trek. Um, H.P. Lovecraft was known for doing this. Stephen King is known for doing this. 
basically keeping everything into one superverse. And it's a little more common for writers than I think most people realize. I think this is because a lot of people are visual and a lot of stories obviously aren't visual. They're written and sometimes they get turned into movies. Now the times people know that things are all connected are when there are a lot of visual components or other medias that go along with it. Again, uh, you have Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of video games, a lot of pen and paper games. There's been books, all sorts of interconnecting pieces. And all those intellectual properties I've mentioned previously all do the same thing. We've even seen some interesting hints between Alien, Predator, and if you really want to dig far enough, Terminator, that bring those all together. And it's really fascinating because that's all part of the transmedia storytelling experience, which is all why I've been heavily invested and so passionate about including those components because they act as uh, other cues to the human senses to bring these stories all together without just understanding one form being the written word and piecing it together as best you can. And that's why there's the interactive timeline, there's illustrations, um, there's the Wikipedia, and now I've done audiobooks. All of this is to bring it all under one house, and under one house makes it a much more engaging story for people that really, really want to dig deep in a new universe. And we have very well-developed and admirable uh, stories and superverses out there that other writers and actually dozens of writers have contributed to to make these stories. And uh, this is a chip in the realm of the human storytelling experience that I want to partake in and give to you, the reader or listener, to enjoy. And I plan to continue to expand on the macrocosm to have the stories all be part of this strange, obscure world for you to explore because you're exploring it and I'm exploring it while I'm writing it. And the whole point of it is to be fun and adventurous. And uh, thanks to everyone who has been a part of it. Now, I'd like to kind of close off with explaining how it ended up where it was and what's happening next with Macrocosm. So as mentioned, the two-year mark for the launch of the short stories happened in 2020 as the big lockdown and all that crazy stuff happened. So like everyone, you get a lot of introspective stuff going on and you're left alone in your thoughts because we're all locked up in our space, not really knowing how the world is working, what the hell is happening, um, the old world is dead, all that horrific stuff. So it gives you a lot of time to think about big picture stuff. So it all kind of, it was this beautiful, perfect storm where I was able to reflect upon two years worth of short stories and geez, eight-year-old con to now it had been like 20 yeah 20 some 20 some years or so of uh planning the superverse all coming to this weird point and ending at this weird point where the world was potentially ending or not so the it got really metaphysical and some ways philosophical, um, the way Mel Ferretti's talk to the nameless one, which wasn't the original intent. It was supposed to be a lot more fun, action-oriented, kind of like mental damnation. But mental damnation also ended up with some philosophical aspects, um, even despite that. So I think it's always been kind of the nature of these types of stories within the macrocosm to give people something to walk away from 
on top of enjoying a fun story, but they get something to think about and ponder over um, long after the story is done. And that's why this one particular story um, of Into the Macrocosm really talks about the self and the ego and um, what it really means to be alive. And once you make it near to the end, it really dives into the point of existing and without uh, overthinking it too much. So it really gets into deep, heavy stuff without ramming it down your throat because that just gets old. You're you're here to enjoy fiction. So that's the point of Into the Macrocosm. Now, there's still more been going on on the Patreon, so there's a lot of short stories since uh, 2020, um, almost, well, about a year and a half's worth of short stories going on. Some of them ended up on the blog before the Patreon launched, so there's further short stories on the blog that aren't in this collection. And the Patreon picked it up, and uh, there will be a second volume of Into the Macrocosm where things get even more crazy. Um, It's going to have quite a different narrative approach from the first one. That's a continuation and contribution, remembering its roots. And I'm very excited to share that one with you all. But this bonus episode is more so about where Into the Macrocosm came from, the point of the macrocosm, and why it all kind of sinks in together. And that's basically the short story collection that you've been listening to and where it came from. And it roots probably the furthest back out of any of the books that I've written. Like Mental Damnation goes pretty far back, but the Into the Macrocosm summarizes everything I've ever done with the writing. And it uh, pulls it all under one obscure house that will continue to expand and explore new avenues within this universe. So thank you very much for joining me on this obscure uh, journey and uh, find more on the Patreon because the macrocosm continues to expand. You can grab all the books on all the distributors and all that. And I will catch you in a future episode. Take care. Ciao.